Hello, and welcome to this edition of the ILO's Future of Work podcast. I'm Steve Needham at the ILO Regional Office for Asia and the Pacific in Bangkok. On the morning of 24th of April 2013, the nine-story Rana Plaza building in the outskirts of Dhaka, Bangladesh collapsed. Over 1,130 people, mostly garment workers, lost their lives. Many more were injured or faced a very uncertain future. However, Rana Plaza was no local disaster. It raised fundamental questions worldwide on workplace safety, labor rights, and supply chain governance. And through the clothes in our wardrobes, it was a disaster we were all directly linked to. In 2013, the future for the Bangladesh garment industry and its 4 million workers looked very bleak indeed. 10 years on, what's changed? To talk about this, I'm joined today from Dakar by Tuomo Putianen, the director of ILO's country office in Bangladesh. Tuomo, welcome to the Future of Work podcast. You've been in Bangladesh for the large part of the last decade. Is the garment sector today a safer place than it was 10 years ago? Well, thank you, Steve. And first of all, thank you for uh, having me. And of course, the Rana Plaza 10 years ago was a tremendous shock to the industry. And I think it's fair to say that uh, quite a lot of uh, positive changes have uh, happened since, particularly in relation to industrial safety and occupational uh, safety. And what are the main differences now compared to 10 years ago? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Rana Plaza resulted into sort of a lot of uh, reflection in relation to should there be uh, industrial production amidst uh, urban spaces and in, 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 inside the city of uh, Dhaka, right? So what in the first and foremost happened is that there's a reorganization of the industry and now you will find more and more and almost exclusively the garment and textile industry being uh, operated uh, in industrial zones and industrial districts and not anymore uh, inside the city. So that's, uh, that's one thing. The second thing is that uh, it really resulted into uh, quite a big effort to to look into industrial safety and occupational safety in terms of uh, particularly fire safety, structural issues of the buildings, and also electrical safety. And uh, and that uh, work uh, has uh, tremendously improved the, the general condition of the facilities and factories where the production is uh, done. And thirdly, at the same time, issues around uh, workers' rights and workers' voice. Why was it that the workers uh, did not have uh, the ability to, to leave the facility when it was uh, uh, when it when it was uh, uh, trembling, and uh, and and why was it that uh, there is uh, such a low uh, trade union density and and such a, such a sort of a reluctance to to have trade unions, right? So that uh, issue of uh, of trade unions and the issue of uh, of workers' voice was came also to sharp focus. Well, there's been good progress over the past decade on improving workplace safety. And your progress on labor rights still appears to lag behind. What are the challenges there and what still needs to be done? Well, I think, uh, first of all, the the laws uh, are still uh, lacking in terms of providing uh, kind of like uh, the type of uh, labor rights that the ILO prescribes through the international conventions, right? So there is an amendment process going on where the government is looking into, together with the employers and workers, is looking into how to amend the labor laws so that there can be uh, more modernized and more inclusive and, and sort of a 
better quality laws that will allow for trade unions to operate uh, in the way that they should be allowed to operate, right? So that's one thing. So the legal framework is being changed to accommodate some of the current challenges. The second issue is the issue of uh, registering trade unions and assisting the trade unions in terms of their own organization and their own processes so that they they can um, also move into become more modern and accommodate uh, uh, not only the garment sector, but also other emerging sectors, so that the workers' voice and needs to be uh, organized and, and, and represented can increasingly be there, so that uh, emerging sectors, for example, in Bangladesh, such as IT, service sectors, uh, light manufacturing sectors, and so forth, that those workers also can uh, have vehicles to express their interest and voice, right? And thirdly, it's about the issues around uh, um, having a uh, having a seat in the table when when things are negotiated right so it's about the employers and the government uh, uh, accepting that the trade unions need to be uh, a negotiating partner and it's to help the trade unions to prepare for such negotiations and and to become a a meaningful uh, sort of a party to these uh, what we call tripartite discussions and, and negotiations and bargainings around uh, improvement of uh, working conditions and general decent work in Bangladesh. At the time of Rana Plaza, it was clear the capacity of the Labour Inspectorate and other regulatory bodies simply failed to keep pace with the massive growth of the garment industry. How does that stand today? Indeed, there was uh, a limited capacity at the time, and uh, the government uh, very quickly recognised that and uh, stepped in together with uh, international organisations like ILO to to really uh, improve and modernise and start to build a, a completely different kind of a labor inspection system and not only a labor inspection system but also uh, other enforcement agencies such as uh, fire safety and civil defense who is of course responsible for for uh, safety issues as well uh, boiler safety agencies and other agencies who are responsible for keeping the workplaces uh, safe they all have been under sort of a uh, positive reform processes in terms of uh, of uh, human resources, in terms of tools, in terms of uh, inform- enforcement mandate, and in terms of their overall uh, effectiveness. This uh, enforcement and, and proper industrial safety governance has been a, a big focus of these uh, improvement processes. So it's the general role of the government. So government has to step in. Government needs to continue to improve and maintain its processes to to keep workers safe, but also to influence and, and sort of improve on the working conditions. So at the end of the day, it is the government's responsibility to enforce laws and standards, minimum standards. But it also has to be translated into, into these other industrial sectors that are growing, the local industries, right? So that generally the country continues to maintain, further develop, and, uh, and, and uh, provide the kind of uh, both enforcement and also private sector incentives to, 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 to re- retain industrial safety and occupational safety in Bangladesh. And when we're turning to the role of brands and retailers sourcing from Bangladesh, how has their approach changed over the past decade? So 
there has, of course, been a lot of attention by the international brands and buyers, particularly in in the garment industry, right? Uh, and that has been typically around uh, compliance of uh, individual brand uh, to an individual supplier or group of suppliers. So that's something that actually changed quite a lot uh, after Rana Plaza, right? So now there was a collective need of the of the uh, buying organization and brands to come together and to ensure that there is a sort of a, a more democratized uh, and more broader improvement process going on in, in, in Bangladesh. And that's really what happened. And in many ways, the private sector came uh, together through organizations such as uh, Alliance and Accor at the, uh, at the time. And uh, now there is uh, also some new, new organizations such as uh, Nirapon and uh, such as uh, RMG Sustainability Council. Um, to kind of like uh, uh, act as a conduit and as as a as a help organization to to continue to pursue safety in Bangladesh and maintain safety in Bangladesh. So quite a lot uh, has changed. Uh, so basically, transforming uh, individual compliance initiatives to more to collective kind of in, uh, industrial safety initiatives, and I think that's very positive and, and good. And just last year, a pilot employment injury insurance scheme for the garment industry was launched in Bangladesh. Why is this important? Well, this is uh, tremendously important, first of all, and it's something which is extremely tangible in terms of uh, modernizing and improving uh, accident protection. Right. So if there's one thing that really uh, resonates in terms of, uh, of Rana Plaza, it's the fact that uh, when such accidents uh, happen, there, there was not really a, a, a solid compensation scheme to make sure that those were hurt or their families would be properly uh, provided with care and properly compensated for longer term, right? So this um, employment injury uh, scheme uh, is, um, is really to overall sort of overvamp and to improve on the, on the whole of the employment uh, uh, injury protection in Bangladesh coming from the, uh, or first covering the garment sector, and then potentially moving to other sectors. And what is remarkable about it is that it is based on a, on a, on a loss of earnings principle. So you don't get just a, when you're hurt, you don't get just a compensation for one time and then nothing. But you get a compensation for a longer term, depending on your employment prospects, and and also uh, depending on the on the on the nature of the accident and the and the and the disability, right? So that really changes everything for for those who are affected by by accidents, right? And the other thing that is remarkable about it is that um, it is uh, to be national. It's it's nationally owned, nationally governed, and uh, in an equal measure. The government, the employers, and the workers are part of governing the system, right? And so that's also extremely uh, important and, uh, and positive. And Twilman, what can other garment-producing countries learn from the Bangladesh experience? Well, I think uh, uh, what they could possibly learn is that the improvement processes, first of all, they 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 do take time. <laughs> uh, that's one thing. So one has to be very clear in terms of uh, what uh, kind of reforms one is uh, one is uh, working on and organizing. 
and that those reforms they need to be predicated on three very important uh, things one of them is building better governance and and enforcement capability and laws the second is that the private sector and the employers have a tremendously important role to play because they are really closest to the workers and to the work right so in order for the industries to remain competitive but also to provide the decent working conditions that uh, that workers and employers both deserve, they need to step up and they need to establish, establish the right kind of uh, management systems for human resource management, safety management, quality management, environmental management, and so forth. And through that exercise, uh, not to cut corners, but to actually uh, increasingly work towards uh, better standards, better competitiveness, and better sustainable business practices, right? And the third area is the workers themselves and the workers' voice. So the enabling environment uh, should be there for workers, unionized or not unionized, to be able to raise issues, to discuss and to to play their part in terms of uh, keeping workplaces safe and uh, keeping uh, Bangladesh uh, productively at work, right? So trade unions play a very important role in this, but there's also the general environment of uh, of workers being able to to discuss, to raise, and to 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 partner uh, in 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 uh, realization of decent work. So those three things are extremely important going forward. Ten years on. What do you see as the legacy of Rana Plaza and what will the next 10 years bring? Well, I believe that uh, 10 years from now, not only the garment industry, but many of the other export industries in Bangladesh have uh, truly internalized some of these uh, change processes and are also effectively sort of applying them, right? So there is uh, increasing um, global pressures through due diligence legislation and uh, responsible business practices to to ensure that if you want to sell things, particularly to certain uh, trading partners, you need to continue to improve and apply, right? good labor standards and also good sustainable environmental practices. So I think the 10 years have, uh, have really prepared in many ways Bangladesh and its industries to, to, to take advantage um, in a way of the improvements that have been made and, and uh, prepare themselves for the next 10 years. And in 10 years time, I hope to see a very modern and capable industrial sector that is socially compliant and is predicated on uh, sustainability in a competitive way. I also expect to see uh, governance system and enforcement systems that are increasingly effective, increasingly results-oriented, and delivering protections and remedies for workers and employers alike. And I expect to see a trade union movement that is uh, extended and invigorated and covers uh, not only the garment industry, but also other industrial sectors and other uh, sort of um, service sectors uh, for the benefit of, uh, of everybody. Tuoma, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great speaking with you. If you'd like to find out more about ILO's work in the Bangladesh garment sector, or more generally, you can find links on the webpage of this podcast, which is on the ILO website. That's all for now. Thank you for listening and goodbye.